y'all welcome to culture i am leslie lee the third your host had to open up with some cry little sister from the lost boys of course one of my favorite vampire movies one of the best vampire tracks i think there are a lot of very good vampire tunes i was thinking about bella lugosi's dead but i figure i go with cry little sister tonight because i feel like i got my little sister on the show the co-host of vampire castle along with me and the host of Everyone Loves Communism, Jamie Peck. Thank you so much for coming in the culture tonight. Hey, buddy. This is cool. This is the first time I've ever used this here app uh, on my phone. So that's fun. Oh, it's very neat. It's very fun. I'm excited to talk vampires with you tonight. And our special guest, please introduce yourself, Annie Rose. Tell everybody who you're about, what you're about, where they can find your stuff, because I absolutely love it. Girls, Guts, Giallo. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, hey, Leslie. Yeah, this is my first time using this app, too. This is so cool. Um, and also love that track. The Lost Boys is one of my all-time favorite movies. But Cry Little Sister is such a great song. Um, go ahead. Oh, and we're just going to have a casual conversation about vampires tonight, folks. If you want to call in and talk vampires, feel free to do so. If you want to ask our wonderful guest questions, please do so. And Annie Rose, please tell us about Girls, Guts, and Giallo because it's absolutely wonderful, you know, critical service you're providing where you're just uh, giving us bangers after bangers of amazing movies uh, to watch. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I host a podcast called Girls, Guts, and Giallo. Um, and uh, Giallo is a, an Italian subgenre of horror, but, uh, you know, I just really liked the alliteration when I chose the name. But I, what I really focus on in the podcast is specifically subversive, controversial, often banned films. Uh, and I talk a lot about vampire work in my own uh, vampire films and my own scholarly work. Cool. Awesome. So let's get started. I, well, we already mentioned one. I was just going to go around and do a roundtable discussion of our favorite vampire films. But I already revealed mine. My absolutely favorite vampire movie, I think, is The Lost Boys. And Jamie, we, me and you already did an episode on the Lost Boys on Vampire Castle, available at patreon.com slash struggle session or at the Antifada. Um, but Annie Rose, please tell me your thoughts on the Lost Boys. Oh, I love the Lost Boys. I think it's a queer classic. It's got so many amazing homoerotic moments in that film. So many amazing, like, queer looks for uh, people of any gender. And I think for me, um, the Kiefer Sutherland vampire is just like the apex of like the bad boy vampire that when I was growing up, I was like, I don't know if I want to have sex with this guy, but I definitely want to be him. Look, let me tell you something. I remember, I would think maybe when it came out, maybe I was six or seven. And, you know, I'm like... I had never, like, met a white person, I think, at that point. But when I saw Kiefer Sutherland, I was like, damn, that white boy is fucking cool. Like, that's the first, like, cool white person I saw, I think, that I looked at. I was like, man, they're cool. Very very not uh, typical 
Introduction. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, he's fucking cool. I mean, maybe y'all got something going on over here. If only all of us were that cool. Truly. That's why I was like, I mean, might have given you a false impression of <laughs> how cool white men are. <laughs> that was your first introduction. <laughs> so, J- Jamie, please tell it. I remember, did, did we watch Lost Boys? Was it your first time watching and we watched it together? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And what were your thoughts on it? I remember you you had a, a, a sort of maybe a different view because you're kept, you watching these vampire movies a little bit later. So you can get injected with this when you were a little kid like I am. I, I'm absolutely I can't be objective about the Lost Boys. I think it's like the greatest thing in the world. But I love talking with you because you're seeing some of these movies for the first time. So I get your fresh perspective. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was actually suggested to me by a friend of mine who also loved it since he was a kid. And then I brought it up to you and I feel I'm like, I feel like Leslie loves this movie. And <laughs> he did. Um, I liked it so much. It was such a fun, like, just 80s movie mashed up with vampires. You know, there's elements of like, stand by me. Yes. Or, you it's- know, just like. Yeah, it start. Yeah, it's, we talked about it. It started off as a script. Like they, they were supposed to be kids. They were supposed to be like twelve or thirteen in the movie. It was supposed to be like a like the Goonies uh, originally. But thank God they kind of aged it up and sexed it up a bit because that yeah, it's a lot like, cooler. No, they were like, no, we need to make it a little sexier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's some stuff that happens in that movie that definitely would not be cool if you did it with twelve year olds. I'm glad they did that. Uh, yeah, the main kid in the movie is like a hot, like 17 year old guy. So, like, when he gets into a sexy situation, it's like not as wrong as it probably would be if he were like 12. But um, yeah, I really liked the movie. I thought it was a good mix of like comedy, uh, like fun 80s sidekick humor, and uh, scary, like genuinely scary parts as well. Um, I also remember I'm like looking at the description now that I wrote because I need help remembering things sometimes. Uh, <laughs> definitely took it as a chance to sort of dunk on um, the Doors as I'm fond of doing. <laughs> um, but I think in this movie, the Doors song really worked because it was a lot about this um, this 1960s counterculture in decay that just sort of curdled mm. into something dark and weird Absolutely. by the time the 80s rolled around. That's such a good analysis of the opening song. Uh, you know, I, I never thought of it that way. Like, I had kind of thought of it as a corny 80s moment. But when you sort of reframe it as the 80s is all about that era, the, the dreams of the flower children of that era kind of withering under Reaganism. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, the, I, like yeah, I remember uh, the movie starts off because she has like lost her job and she's been mm-hmm. laid off and she has to move in with her dad. It's a movie. The movie has like a class element to it uh, very explicitly. Yeah, and this is also um, a representation that we get of poor and working class vampires. And usually vampires are wealthy. Figures. Yes. Yeah, they're so, like ancient aristocratic lords. Right, exactly. So this is one of the few 
vampire films that we get in the history of vampire films, like in totality, where there are poor and working class vampires. Yeah, and the, and the one like there's one PMC guy. He's a small business owner, but he only runs like a video <laughs> shop. You know what kind of vampire lord is that? What, what I think the brokest vampires we've encountered, uh, I've encountered, or maybe Near Dark. Yeah, they mm-hmm. have. Yeah, that's nothing. another one. Yeah. Yeah. So Jamie, what has been? What's your favorite vampire movie? Oh my god! I knew you were gonna ask me this, and I'm like, "What movies have I even seen?" Let me look at the uh, let me look at the list. Honestly, <laughs> I think the one that uh, that you that we've watched together that you've seen most amused by was Dracula Dead and loving it. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. fucking hilarious. Uh, and it was like like we talked about. It was like really funny, but also had some like genuinely creepy parts, which I that movie rules. Yeah, uh, I, love a good I, horror comedy. Yeah, I was so shocked watching it because, like, if this movie just was, like, played straight, it would be a fairly decent Dracula adaptation just on its own. Like, nothing compared to, you know, Francis Ford Coppola's, but, like, I would watch it as just, like, a straight movie. And then you add in the comedy and it's a blast. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, I'm looking at... There's been so many good ones. We've done a lot of good movies, Leslie. Yeah, absolutely. Now... Annie Rose, I know your expertise is lesbian uh, vampire oh, film, yeah. so hit me with the best one. Well, it's hard to just do one, but I think my top two favorites are Daughters of Darkness um, from 1971 and The Hunger. Um, oh, yes. oh, hell yeah. Sarandon and Catherine Deneuve and David Bowie, yeah, of course. I mean, Susan Sarandon, not for nothing, Susan Sarandon did say that she was still, uh, if we wanted her, in slut mode. Uh, quite to, to quote, uh, as she was in The Hunger, she said she's, she wants to get out there and be, you know, sexy again. That movie is one of the sexiest movies yeah, you'll ever see. I absolutely love The Hunger. Uh, that was by Tony Scott, yes, I believe. And mm-hmm. it's just an absolute blast. And it opens with, of course, by House's Bella Lugosi's Dead in so that good. amazing intro. Yeah, uh, yeah. actually, Tony Scott uh, saw Bauhaus perform in a club in London and uh, picked them up for the movie. So... He kind of made them. They were pretty famous in the goth scene, but that movie kind of made them. That's you know, so. It, it's like renowned. It's so amazing, and it, it's um. So Alan Moore has this theory that Northampton is the center of the universe, and of course, uh, Bauhaus is from Northampton, and that song was recorded. That the version we hear is the first time they played the song, the first time they've ever played together. So that's just a magical song that's lived on for decades and de- decades. And I absolutely uh, love it. And I do sometimes think maybe Northampton is the center of the universe if it can br- produce shit that cool. I feel like Bauhaus has said some uh, not so nice things about that song since then. Like they did not intend to invent a genre. <laughs> it was like kind of a joke song that they did, and everyone took Hilarious. it seriously. That's so funny. That's well, like, so I mean, funny. it really is problem so to have. Extra. Fine. Yeah, be careful with that power. Like, like a decades-long debate about like what goth even means. So <laughs> good job, guys. You know, I saw Peter Murphy once at the show, 
and he, he he was so pissed off at the sound guy that he cut it off early and didn't sing and didn't do the encore, which would have been the, the Bauhaus songs, and he sings uh. a couple of Joy Division songs. I couldn't, I wasn't mad at him. Like he seemed like he kept begging the sound guy to like fix whatever problem was going on, uh, but he didn't listen. So he wasn't being like a diva or anything like that. He wasn't being unreasonable. But yeah, he cut it early, but I don't think anybody was mad because he put on a good show up to that point. Oof. I would have been upset personally. <laughs> yeah, he's Peter Murphy is the god. Yeah, if he, he if he calls it if the sound guy's fucking up, the sound guy's fucking up. He can call it. He can call it. Been there. I All actually right. had uh, somebody storm out of a show that I booked uh, a few years back. Maybe maybe I won't say who it was. I don't know how many people are listening right now. Uh, but she was an artist from Philly, and like. I felt really bad because it was like a DIY show, but people were like standing, they kept like stepping on her cables and unplugging her shit. And eventually she's just like, all right, the set's over. Give me my money. I'm getting in my car and driving back to Philly. And (laughs) I'm like, I'm so sorry. I really like her. I really liked her music. So Void Void Vision, if you're listening, um, I still feel bad about that. And I would love a chance to make it up to you at a better, better produced show. (laughs) All right, folks, if you want to call in and talk your favorite vampire movies, tell us what you think about some of our choices. Ask us some questions. Please feel free to do so. The phone lines are open. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Culture. We do this on weeknights, usually Wednesdays and Fridays, where we talk about movies, music, books, professional wrestling, anything you can think of that's culture, we talk about it on here. And Jamie, you have been making some moves in culture. You got a new show. Please tell us about your new show and where they can find it. Oh, sure. Sure. So I have a new podcast. It's called Everybody Loves Communism. Uh, we might be about to rebrand with a cool new name. We're like still kind of like fighting it out. But um, you can find it anywhere you get podcasts pretty much. Um, you can find it at patreon.com slash everybody loves communism. You can find it at fans.fm slash everybody loves communism. Uh, you give us money. We already have a bunch of cool bonus content. And it's um, it's hosted by me, Jamie Peck, uh, my friend Jorge Rocha, who's my friend from like DSA polyed stuff. So I knew he could do this, uh, despite never having done a podcast before. And the great Aaron Thorpe, who your listeners are probably already familiar oh, yes. with from here and the Trill Billy Workers Party podcast. And what we're doing is something pretty ambitious. Um, it's the history, basically the history of socialism as a movement, both in, in, in history and in theory. And, you know, it turns out history stuff is a lot of work, but uh, I'm up to it. I'm up to the challenge. Um, we also do like a little bit of current events chit chat where you have a series called Cultural Marxism, where we talk about movies and culture and stuff definitely want true to story that. that was almost the original name of struggle session until i came up with struggle session it was that nice. was cultural marxism <laughs> well if uh if you had chosen the other we would have called it struggle session oh but uh um, symmetry you know, there's enough names to go around definitely want to have you on a lot for that leslie because you know you are the master of talking about movies and shit um we absolutely yeah. love to but you're you're talking about a new name how about this because i feel like 90 the 90s are back sarcasm is back what have you called it in quotation marks you know almost chandler bing as quotation marks everybody loves capitalism huh 
I think that might work. I think that's a little bit catchy. You 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 trick some people to listening into it. I think it would work. Uh, I don't know. I mean, okay. The other problem with this name is there are like potential copyright issues, obviously, oh. because you know everybody loves Raymond, that really funny show um, that this is like a takeoff on. Or oh, Ray Romano got shooters, got lawyers out here still. I mean, probably. Uh, <laughs> We could call it uh, Everybody Hates Capitalism, but then that would have the same issue with Everybody Hates Chris. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe that is the solution. I don't know. Well, it seems like Chris Rock is a pushover, so you don't have to worry about the area. Oh. He's Chris. <laughs> oh, boy. I think he handled that with grace and aplomb, just want to say. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying it, 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 you would solve your problems very easily. You just have to call Will. <laughs> If he gives you static. But we're going to get back to the vampires, folks. Let's talk more vampires. More of our favorite vampire movies. But but actually, before we jump into favorite vampire movies, let's talk about the current state of vampire film. Because it's been a rough month. It was supposed to be the summer of Morbius, okay? (laughs) Morbius comes out to not terrible, but not good. And not certainly probably not good enough. Uh, numbers at the box office and then there's a cascading effect where a few weeks where after the you know failure of morbius at the box office karen kusama's uh mina harker uh film Ugh. is canceled three weeks before no! shooting at so blue house so, so tragic. tragic karen kusama absolutely amazing director was going to karen this, kusama oh, oh so- sorry about that was going to have this original take on uh, the Dracula tale set in modern day featuring Mina Harker and it's just not happening. Uh, wow. Is this Jared Leto's fault? It is. I blame I, him. I, I don't know. I, I always, I always, you know, I, I, I never go too hard on Gerald cause he's from Louisiana too. All right. He's a Louisiana boy. <laughs> so, but you know, Morbius just, just did not work and it hurts so much because I actually loved Morbius, the comic book character. That comic book was one of my favorite comic books. The movie has n- almost nothing to do with it. Uh, it was like a cool, goth-like, sexy nighttime comic. It was more like the Blade movies uh, in the comic books. Oh, I this- was just going to say if they had made the movie more like Blade. Like, I was hoping for a new metal soundtrack. Oh, and- yes, exactly. Yeah, but instead it was just kind of like the stock Marvel swelling music that they use and I was like, where's my Queen of the Damned soundtrack? Where's the Blade theatrics? I really think it would have worked a lot better if they went in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. A mistake with that. And it cost us that Karen Kusama movie, and possibly, and also cost us possibly Robert Eggers' Nosferatu. We got word that Harry Styles, who was originally supposed to be in it, in the, um, not the Jonathan Harker character, it's not called Jonathan than Harker and Nosferatu, but it is in the in the book. He was supposed to play that character, um, oh, Anya Taylor. She was supposed to play, you know, I, I, Nosferatu changes the names around. I think is mean. She's not Mina. She's the other one in Nosferatu, but she's the main one. Well, I digress. The movie's not happening <laughs> again. This is the, and it's the second time is falling apart. That movie would be so good. That movie would be amazing, Seriously? but. It's not. It, he he seems dejected. He's lost, you know, his big main star, and is and his Northman, uh, sadly enough, not doing that well in the box office. So possibly, probably not getting Nosferatu either. 
sad. The world is worse off for it, in my opinion. Yes, we're losing these great vampire movies, but hey, at least we have a few. Gra- we have great ones to look back on. Um, we've talked. Isn't Nicolas Cage doing one too? Yes, yes, oh, he is. Yeah. That has not been canceled yet, so that is very good. Uh, that's a very good segue. <laughs> Nicolas Cage returning to Vampire Dumb, actually. Not his first vampire movie. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask if it's a sequel to Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> if only. <laughs> That movie is the wildest movie it's I so think we've weird. done on Vampire Castle. It's so weird, so wild. So fucking weird. It's it's like, like, what did we say about it? Like, what if American Psycho, but bad? Yes, yes. But I also feel like you need to make that. That movie was an inspiration for American Psycho, so you don't really get American Psycho without that movie. Uh, yeah, it's also Nicolas Cage's favorite role he's ever played, according well, to him in an interview. Yeah, and he, I mean, so many things about that movie i mean you know he borrowed from german expressionist theater so that's why his acting is so over the top um and what i find really interesting about this movie and i don't know if you guys touched on this when you talked about it but it's about this white man menacing various women of color yes Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course the vampire is played by jennifer beals um it's just such a it's such a far out movie and apparently and vi- Nicolas Cage oh sorry I don't mean to interrupt you but I I do need to tell you that Nicolas Cage was so unattracted to Jennifer Beals um, that when they were doing their sex scenes apparently in order to get aroused he would need to have hot yogurt poured on his toes <laughs> during those scenes so I mean I don't know how you're not turned on by Jennifer I know. I read that. I read that too. It's so so uh, wild. And JB, I was just getting a little bit echo from your uh, mic sometime. I think, but uh, yeah, I I, that movie is is essential to watch. I guarantee you that you need to watch it as a vampire fan. But somebody asked us in the chat room. He wants us uh, chase anybody. Asked us, can we decide between Once Bitten, starring Jim Carrey, and Vampire's Kiss with Nicolas Cage? Oh, Vampire's Kiss all the way. Although I really do like Once Bitten. You know, honestly, I'm going to go with Once Bitten. I'm going to go with Once Bitten. That's one. I've watched. I, it's strange because I watched. That's another movie that I watched over and over again when I was a kid. And that's just like a sex comedy, right? Like it's just like it's a. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's not quite for kids, but it like maybe it might have been my first vampire movie, one of the first ones, and it always fascinated me. I always remember having to ask my older brother or sister what a virgin was. <laughs> because I, oh my god! <laughs> uh, because that's central to the plot. And man, I had to do that with Hocus Pocus. I had to ask my mom <laughs> what a virgin was. Because I'm watching that as like a little kid. Wow, guys. Wow. <laughs> I had a similar experience with Father of the Bride, which I watched at a sleepover <laughs> part. Not to date myself, but that's definitely when I found out what sex was. And I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> Father of the Bride. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think it was once bitten for me because it was on cable and I watched it over and over again. And I didn't under. It took me a while to understand like what was happening, like because at at the end of the he the 
way he wins the movie is by having sex with was it is it Courtney Cox in the movie? I feel like uh, maybe, or someone. She kind of looks like uh, Robin Pierce, actually. Uh, Karen Copkins. She kind of looks like Courtney Cox. But they have the way he wins the movie is by having sex before the vampire can have to can drain his blood. And it took me a really long time and many watches to understand like what is actually happening. Like why is the vampire not mad at him anymore? Like what's the deal? Vampire movies can be very confusing if you don't have a good handle on what sex is already. <laughs> yeah, because it's all about sex. <laughs> yeah, so Annie Rose, please, I, I know you're you're a brilliant writer, and this is something that comes up a lot where people are like, do vampires have to be sexy and sexual? I mean, absolutely, in my opinion. I recently watched the Twilight movies for the first time, which I avoided when they came out because the idea of like heterosexual Mormon vampires offended me so deeply. <laughs> so I avoided watching these movies until very recently. And what's interesting about those movies is it's like the women in it are just like edged to the point of, of like climax, but it never gets there. Like there's no... Uh, there's no fulfillment, there's no blood on screen, and vampire films are so much all about sex. I mean, Fangs literally penetrates someone's body. It's just a, a, you know, a proxy for talking about literal sex. So it just seems so strange to me, um, and so chaste and virginal. Absolutely. Yeah. I tried watching Twilight with my roommate. Uh, we were definitely a little too old. We were not its target demographic when it came out, but we're like, let's right, see same. what all the kids are so excited about. And I think I actually fell asleep during it. It's boring. It was so boring. It was yeah, so bad like, and boring. The second one, especially, it's like interminably boring. And we're like, you know what? Maybe this isn't for us. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking the day, thinking about Twilight. It's like Robin Pattinson has been a literally like a teen heartthrob through three decades because he's literally playing like Batman as like a twenty, like a young twenty guy that like teenagers would like God bless even him. now. So uh, yeah, God bless him. He's like, and he was doing. That's the same thing he was doing in two thousand and eight with uh, Twilight. So hey, g- good on him for uh, sticking to the gimmick. But it's funny, like the, his arc was supposed to be like, oh, he gets into super. He goes from Twilight where he's a joke and he hates it. It's a franchise. He doesn't want to do it, and so he does all these indie movies for a decade. And now he's Batman and is back to the same thing again. But that's Hollywood. Gotta for make you. money somehow. But we've been talking about. I just looked it up. Yeah, he's thirty-five. He's still, and I think I really do think Batman is supposed to be like twenty-two or twenty-three in this one. But hey, he looks good doing it. But what I wanted to ask you, both of you, who's been your favorite vampire? Mm -hmm. That's a big question. 
I can think of vampires I've liked. I really like Spike on Buffy. Obviously. Oh, uh, let's talk about Spike, Spike a little. Let's talk about Spike a little bit because he's on my list too. He's one of my favorite vampires. Absolutely love him. So cool. I like just he's Billy Idol but a vampire. I I yeah. love the uh, like I love James Marsters. In fact, I'm like he's on Cameo and I'm, like I have the Cameo app sub to him just to see what he's up to. I I love that guy. I love the character. He's one been one of my favorite characters. I I'm absolutely adore Spike. He's a sexy bad boy. Yeah, and you know, definitely uh, borrowed some aesthetic from the Lost Boys, of course. Oh yes. I mean, it's super eighties. He looks like an eighties punk rocker. Yeah, but it was a it's a look that worked. And we said on the Lost Boys episode, I think if you went out and saw some dudes dressed like the Lost Boys today, you would still think they were cool. And oh, I don't absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm gonna yeah. go to a show later, and there's probably gonna be a lot of people who look exactly like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love Dyke. I mean, even as like even myself as a as a Dyke, that's another one of those characters he's like so pretty that i'm just like "Mm, but maybe (laughs) (laughs) he's got some crossover appeal absolutely absolutely my my favorite vampire is lestat an r.i.p to ann rice um and i Yeah, and I love yeah and i actually love tom cruise's performance i know people But he's he he has always been Lestat to me. No disrespect to Stuart, Stuart Townsend. I love Stuart Townsend as an actor, but he was in a bad situation. It was a cheaper movie. Don't have Neil <laughs> Jordan. Great soundtrack, though. Great, absolutely killer soundtrack. Perfect, perfect soundtrack. Yes, and of course, Akasha, Aaliyah, which is oh, one of my favorite vampires. Ever. Yeah, she's so good. And I I was sh- I was shocked at how good she was because it seems like. Strange and Aaliyah, R.I.P. Absolutely uh, terrible loss. Way too soon. A- amazing artist, but this was like one of her early, earliest. She hadn't been in too much. She had only been in one or two things, and like um, the first thing, she, like Romeo, what must die. That mm-hmm. fe- that was a very that was a very different role. That was a lot, you know, more much more of a lateral move for her. But the the her performance as Akasha in. Um, Queen of the Dam absolutely blew me away. I think the best part of the movie besides the soundtrack. And it's so underrated. Like she actually did quite a, a lot of work for that role. Like she studied ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics and a lot of the way people make fun of how she moves in the movie. Um, but that's literally, you know, she was imitating what she would imagine the if the hieroglyphics moved, like what that would look like. So it really is such an underrated performance from her, and also it's in a not great movie. So <laughs> that's uh, yeah, yeah. And Annie Rose, who's been your favorite vampire? Oh shit! You know, okay, sorry. Kid, is is my mic like messing everything up? Yes, yes. If you're if you're uh, yeah. So I was just muting you when you were. Okay, I see. Sorry. Is there no something I should change on here to like make it better? I don't know. I think maybe I, I don't know. Maybe if you your headphones, it it depends. Like your headphones might be too close to your phone. Just oh, um, I'm not using headphones. That might oh, be the problem. Yes, that might be the problem. Okay, excellent, excellent. Oh, and I sorry, Annie Rose. Go ahead. Oh, you're fine. I have so many favorite vampires. It's honestly hard for me to choose. Like 
obviously I love Akasha. I also love Lestat. Like that was one of my first introductions to vampire films was Tom Cruise in that role. And he fucking kills it. Yeah. And he was so horrified by his makeup in that movie that he had to, he had like a series of underground tunnels built so that he could pass through these underground tunnels and people wouldn't be able to see him with his Lestat makeup. Um, but it, yeah, that's such an amazing, compelling performance. And I, you know, it really depends, uh, you know, when we're thinking about favorite vampires, I'm like, oh, but what are our criteria here? Like, are we talking about, uh, are we talking about our favorite rich vampires? Are we talking about our favorite mm. action vampires? Because I also love Blade. Yes. Um, you know, amazing, like action film vampire. But then, of course, I also love the sexy vampires like Catherine Deneuve as uh, Miriam Blaylock and uh, Delphine Serig in Daughters of Darkness, and I also love Kiefer Sutherland and Lost Boys. Oh, there's so many, so many good ones. So many, yeah, we talk about the different types of vampires. Favorite scary vampire? I think I'm mm. going to go with uh, Mr. Barlow from uh, Salem's Lot. That is always a great cre- one. Always creeped me out. It's ever since I was a kid. It really started when I was a kid. I started getting into vampires. My dad would tell me that Salem's Lot. He used to love reading horror books. In fact, he I, he would always read the Brian Lumley, um, what do you call it, Necroscope series, which uh, where the uh, bad guys are like these Lovecraftian vampires. But he said the scariest book he ever read was Salem's Lot. It was so scary he would throw it across. Uh, the room and that and, and even though the the tv series the vampire is very different than the book but i like both versions of mr barlow i even like the tnt uh one where rucker howard plays uh, a more talkative uh <laughs> mr barlow than the original uh i think toby hooper uh salem slot mm, yeah that, i think that is a toby hooper movie i love that movie i think my favorite scary vampire is Maybe like an an out there choice, but Willem Dafoe as Max Shrek ah. in Shadow of the Vampire. I think his performance is really genuinely uh, off putting, and um, I think you know I I'm not easily scared, so I think this like kind of off putting character is what really gets under my skin. And Jamie. Jamie, are you there? Let me see it. May I may have to unforce on YouTube. There you go. Jamie, are you there? Oh, Annie Rose. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, great. I plugged in my headphones. Um, hopefully the sound won't go in and out for me because I have the fucking dongle that I have to use because Apple took away the headphone jack, but I'm still too much of a cook to get a different kind of phone. Um we're talking scary, scary guys, scary vampires. Yes. Um, okay. Um, try, I, just for the record, by the way, uh, I do not like the kind of vampires that are closer to zombies. Mm. They scare the shit out of me. So any movie where there's those is, I hate it and it scares me. Oh, like um, 30, day, 30 Days Till Night, maybe? Yeah, fuck oh, yeah, that. That's a scary one. Yeah. Oh, we're, really oh, we gotta do that one. Zombies. I'm really scared of zombies. Like, I can't watch stuff with <laughs> zombies in it. 
So when I think I'm watching a vampire movie and then it turns into a zombie movie, I'm like, no, <laughs> like I, I'm not a child. Like I can sit through it, but it will give me horrible, horrible nightmares after the fact. I'm trying to think we did um, two Dracula movies right up against one another. Bram Stoker's Dracula and Nosferatu. Yeah, oh, Werner Herzog. We haven't even talked about. Trying Bram to remember who played Dracula in each of those because one of them was like really, really good. Oh, that was um, yeah, in Gary Francis Oldman. Gary Oldman yeah. and the evil German guy in <laughs> Werner Herzog is uh, Nosferatu. Oh, uh, Klaus Kinski. Klaus Kinski, Fam- yes, yes. famous abuser. Pedophile. Yeah. Okay, I remember <laughs> finding him to be the most, sca- the more scary of the two. That was my second choice, just because I think Klaus Kinski is so fucking terrifying as a person. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that much about him. Uh, I just found him very unsettling, and then I found out that he was also terrible in real life, and I'm like, oh well, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing, amazing film, though. I was really like, uh, Jamie, thank you so much for uh, picking it, because that, that was one that was on my list. I never just sat down and watched. I highly recommend it. Very political, uh, too, surprisingly, uh, when you when you go in. A very interesting uh, film. One of the best uh, films, I think, period, vampire or otherwise. It's yeah, and Werner Herzog is a great director, obviously. Well, him and uh, Klaus Kinski were BFFs. And um, he actually has a a documentary on uh, Klaus Kinski. I believe it's called My Best Fiend. Um, Mm -hmm. That's basically about his (laughs) abusive relationship with Klaus Kinski. Um, It's really, really interesting. Wow. I I highly recommend it. Uh, We got some great comments. Thanks, Chase. Uh, Anybody for enjoying the show? People ask me, what about Let the Right One In and the remake Let Me In with Chloe Grace Moretz as a child vampire? We did that one on Vampire Castle. Yes, we, Let we, the we, Right One In. So good. Yeah, I, I'm, I, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. I think I, I don't like it as much as most people do for some reason. I, I can't pin it down. I, I it don't has either, a, Leslie. But it's very Swedish. We're we're, uh, we're in the minority there. <laughs> yeah, like People everybody. Really love that movie. Yeah, I like uh, like it's cool. I, I watched it. I watched it. If it's on TNT, I'll watch it again. But I didn't really fall in love with it like uh, most people seem to. Well, it's just sad because you really don't want to be turned into a vampire when you're a little kid. Still, like you at least want to have reached sexual maturity so that you can a like consent to it. And B, you don't have to be a little kid for your for a thousand years. Yeah, yeah the idea sucks. of being a child forever. No, like, no, thank a, you. As a formerly abused child, like, no thanks. I'm good. It just seems like it was just such a nightmarish scenario. Like, it's it's like your abuse never ends. Like, you're just stuck in this really vulnerable position forever i much prefer uh when i do like young vampires but i much prefer like claudia an interview with the vampire um and i'm trying to think of other ones but i didn't actually see let me in the one with chloe grace moretz how many there 
Did you it's, have you seen it, Leslie? Do you like yes, it? Yes, I have. It's pretty much the exact same film, except um, I actually think they. I think in, I, I forget which one um, has her be a little bit creepier and scarier, and they use a bit more CGI in it. I think it's the American version where it's more like the her transformation is a bit more monstrous mm. and over the top. But I, I, I people don't like that one as much in general. But I thought it was, I thought they were both fine, but not my favorite uh, thing. I, I, I was really interested in it going in, but I guess the story, I, it just didn't um, go far enough for me or what mm. didn't feel big enough for me. I do like creepy kid movies in general, though. I like I find them very unsettling. It's like it's an easy, cheap way to freak people out, but it works, right? Because it's like, oh, children are so innocent, but what if they were horrible monsters? Yes, kill you. Oh no! I think creepiest vampire child was probably the little kid in Near Dark because you can tell he's like so like wise, like is really discordant with his, and he's so small too, but he's just like so sadistic and creepy. Oh, I'm looking him up right now. Oh, oh. we talked a lot about where is he now? <laughs> and uh, speaking of, and uh, Tony Bobby mentions Nomak from Blade Two, scaring the hell out of him as a kid. Oh, Jamie, we haven't watched Blade Two yet. Those are kind of zombie vampires. So I'm going to no, give you fair. No, we did watch it. Oh, you watched Blade Two? You did that? Uh, did you like the vampire uh, zombie vampires in that one? Uh, no. No, I did not. I found them <laughs> gross and horrible and terrifying. Fuck off with that, with that shit. Oh, a, a congressional baseball fan mentions The Strain as a zombie vampire show. I started that show, didn't finish it. I think I'm going to get back to it. I think that was a Del Toro joint and as a 100% kind of zombie. Well, I think maybe maybe 70% zombie vampire. From what I recall, I think they have, like, some of the vampires are smart, and then some of them, it didn't, but then it turns into, like, this massive outbreak. But it looked really interesting. I never really got super into it. Annie Rose, have you seen The Strain? I have not seen The Strain, um, but it's like a, it's a vampire contagion thing. I'm yeah. not... I'm not, as into, I'm not as into like science-based vampires. Ah, yeah, we talk yeah. a lot about the type of vampires. You got your science vampires, you got your supernatural vampires, and you got your tweeners. Now, I, 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 I've, I. So you're not into the science vampires as much. You want a little bit of, you know, mysticism, supernatural there. Yes. Like, even I'm thinking of one of my fam- favorite vampire books, Fledgling by Octavia Butler. Mm. It's a little more, like, science-based, but there's still, like, a mysterious sort of mystical element to it. And I think that was actually one of my issues with uh, Morbius was I was just like, ah, there's no, like, glamour here. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole, yeah. Morbius is strange because his entire point, like the entire point of the character, is that he's the living vampire. He, there's no magic, even though at the time Marvel had a bunch of vampires. But I think here's I think what's happened. Doctor Strange is so stupid. Like Doctor Strange <laughs> cast a spell to kill all the vampires on Earth, but I think they wanted still wanted like a vampire villain, so they created Morbius because he was a living vampire, and so he wasn't subject to the supernatural spell that Doctor Strange cast. I see. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> I mean, that's just logic. Science vampires are probably just mystical supernatural vampires once you put them through the science machine, you know? True. Find out, find out what's really going on there. But maybe we don't want to know. 
Yeah, I think one of the more interesting explanations for their origin of vampires. I liked uh, Anne Rice's explanation, where it's basically some a king and queen got stabbed a bunch, and so a demon, which was a fallen angel, entered them through their bloodstream. And so there is like it's not quite science. But the powers and abilities and the way you transfer the vampires, there's like a sort of magical logic yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. You've got ghosts in your blood. That was a common problem back then. <laughs> <laughs> she needs some, need some cocaine stat for those ghosts. Mm-hmm. Ghosts, demons, all that shit. Um, can we talk about just like chill vampires? Because I feel like this is an underrepresented demographic totally. in right. the vampire community. Just like so the- blacker... Blacker vampires, you know. So, would you consider Only Lovers Left Alive the almost the Elon Musk slash Grimes vampires? Oh are- God! You know, you said this when we did the episode on it, and I am equally mad at you now for saying that because <laughs> I really like true. these vampires. But uh, it's true, particularly. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think these vampires are a lot cooler. They're who Musk and Grimes wish they were. I think yeah, it's a little yes. bit Okay, that, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Because they are, like, just effortlessly cool. If there is one vampire that I identify with, it's probably Tilda Swinton in that movie. Because she does what I would do if I were a vampire, which is just, like, hang around with my hot boyfriend, listen so to music, true. drink blood that, like, someone goes and buys for me so I don't have to, like, do anything gross to get it. And just, like, have a really good time for all eternity. I really like the vampires in, I don't know if they're slackers, but they, because there is, like, a sort of action-y plot there, but the vampires in Byzantium. Oh, yes. Yeah, I really love these, like, seaside town, kind of sleepy vampires. And they're kind of, I don't know, I guess the mom is kind of like a dirtbag kind of mom. She is. I, I mean, I also, this is like a personal um, pet project of mine. I also love sex worker vampires. Yeah. So, which, you know, it just tracks, you know, creatures of the night sort of thing. So, yeah, I really love that sex worker vampire character. Yeah, Byzantium, that's the one that not as many people have seen, I but I absolutely adore it. Uh, also by Neil Jordan, who did, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, Interview with the Vampire. I, I, I don't know why that movie didn't get a bigger release, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I had never heard of it when you suggested it, Leslie, but I'm very glad you did. Um, also, I think we decided that it takes place in the same fictional universe as Lady Bird. Oh, yes, it does seem uh, similar. It does have similar uh, things going on. And oh, my God, it really does, actually. <laughs> like, she, it's just like Lady Bird 2, like, after she became a vampire. Yeah. And it, got a new mom, I guess. There's also elements of, I think we talked about this, it's not so different from a Twilight. But, like, it's just, like, cool. <laughs> it just kind of works. It's a, cool it's a teen Twilight, vampire yeah. movie. <laughs> You know who else is a good slacker vampire? Like all the vampires in um, What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. They're, just, they're, they're so great. hapless. Like they can't do anything right. They're just like chilling in this house on Staten Island. And they were supposed to like take over America or something like that. But they just like stopped when they got to Staten Island. And they're like, this is fine. <laughs> and they can't do anything right. The boss vampire like comes to check on them and winds up getting killed. Whoops. So good. I also, I also love um, 
uh, Lily Taylor in The Addiction. I gotta write that one down. Yeah, she's a PhD student, so I wouldn't, I don't know if she's a slacker, but it has, (laughs) the movie has, like, she is kind of, though, I mean, she's an addict, and uh, kind of, like, dirtbag character, but the movie just has such, like, a Gen X slacker by way of Richard Linklater sort of malaise to it. Yeah, that's uh, with uh, Christopher Walken. And yes. I want, yeah, I want to mention another, since we were mentioning teen vampire movies, one, a really good underrated one um, by Mary Heron, director of Pet Cemetery, The Moth Diaries. Uh, oh, that's a great lesbian vampire movie. Yes, I, abs- I, I, I absolutely was blown away by this uh, movie when I saw it. I had no idea how cool it would end up being it visually interesting and stunning um and just a very fun uh very interesting story and creepy and cool and highly recommend uh checking out the moth diaries i'll add that to the list yeah that's a teen uh carmilla story yes carmilla makes for a ton has gotten a ton of great adaptations i have to say of, uh, I, yeah I, we did some of, we did one of those didn't I we mean, yeah i've done one i mean even the castlevania anime has her as a character right. uh, in it she's almost like she's might catch up with dracula at some point and she predates dracula yes. too the book actually predates dracula so yeah, I think there's so many adaptations of that story. There's the Vampire Lovers is one of the really famous ones. Yeah, that's the one we did. So good. Yes, yeah. that it was so good and so fucking trippy. Never is never trust two hot bays by the road asking you to come to their castle. Just do not do it. It's too mm-hmm. good to be true. <laughs> I know this information, I, and I would still do it. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think we all just, we decided on the episode as well. Yes, we would still do it. But we're coming to the end of our episode tonight. Thank you all so much uh, for joining us uh, tonight. Oh, Brianna mentions that the soundtrack for uh, for Only Lovers Left Alive is good, too. Oh, yeah, it's a great one great as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like it that... Um, he's supposed to be this like ancient genius who wrote like Mozart's music or whatever in this movie. And the music he's writing now is just squirrel. Like it's just Jim Jarmusch's band. (laughs) Like, wow. Way to be modest. Jim Jarmusch. So funny. Yes. All right. So before we get off, I'll ask my guests, go ahead, please uh, plug yourself. Let people know where they can find you. Uh, okay. I will go first. Uh, Check out my new show, Everybody Loves Communism, and give us money if you want the bonus content or just to help us out. It's uh, fans.fm slash everybody loves communism, patreon.com slash everybody loves communism, or type it into your podcast app and it should pop up. If it doesn't pop up, please send me an email or a Twitter DM about it because we are working really hard to get it on every single platform. So yeah, big push trying to get people to listen to that. And also become patrons. We got a lot of cool stuff planned. Um, if you want to learn about the history and theory of socialism, you know, so we can try to figure out how to do socialism now. Um, I think you're going to like it. All right. Thank you. And Annie Rose, tell us about Girls Got uh, Guts and Giallo one more time. Yeah, so you can uh, listen to Girls Guts and Giallo wherever you listen to podcasts on any platform. You can find me on Instagram at Girls Guts Jello. Um, and you can also find me on 
Twitter at Girls Guts GL X. Um, that's my new Twitter. And I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsgutsjallo. I have a ton of uh, bonus content. My Discord is really, really active. Um, bunch of like kinky, queer people who are into supporting yeah. film. And um, I also do weekly Saturday screenings uh, on my private streaming site. So we're free of the prying eyes of censorship. Um, so yeah, check that out. Check all that out and sign up and join us. All right, folks, that was culture. Have a good one. Peace. Bye. <laughs>